K-A-L-W. We didn't get anything for everything that was taken. We were displaced and homeless. Today, a story of a Native people's fight to exist. We want the history and present realities of the Winnemawintu tribe from our point of view to be included in a permanent exhibit in the visitor center on Shasta Dam. The dam turned California into an agricultural powerhouse, but it flooded the land of Winnemawintu. And all we're asking for is the justice to be recognized and to be dealt with in a humanistic manner. It's the newest season from KELW's The Spiritual Edge. I'm Hanat Baba, and this is Cross Currents. Last week, KELW's podcast, The Spiritual Edge, released its third and newest season. It's called A Prayer for Salmon. We'll be airing full episodes on Cross Currents every Thursday, starting today. Here's the host, Judy Silber. A few years ago, I stumbled onto the story of the Winnemumwintu, an indigenous people in Northern California. Theirs is an epic tale, and it grabbed hold of me. For several years, I tagged along with them whenever I could. I was around so much, they started teasing me. The large fuzzy windscreens of my recording setup earned me and my microphone a nickname. Gray Squirrel. Squirrel now! Everybody go! silence! Nickname aside, I never took it lightly that the Winnemumwintu let me into their space. For good reason, many Native people are suspicious of outsiders. I understood their openness was special and rare. My greatest hope is that you will hear their story of struggle and resilience, of betrayal, and a willingness to still believe in the good things to come, and that it will change you, as it did me. From KELW's The Spiritual Edge, this is A Prayer for Salmon, an audio documentary series about the Wintu people and their clash with Northern California's Shasta Dam. I'm Judy Silber. I want to introduce you to someone who will be our guide throughout the series. Her name is Lila June Johnston, and she's an indigenous scholar and musician who met and worked with the Winnemumwintu years before I did. Here she is in the KALW studio. I had a straight shot, so I just a nonstop, yeah, from Albuquerque. I'm going to put it. Is that better? How's mine? Is mine sound on okay? He says it sounds great. Okay. Okay, three, two, one. Lila June, you did a study on the Winnemumwintu, and there's a part of that study that made a really big impression on me when I read it. You said that to understand the Winnemum, we have to be willing to walk in the shoes of another culture. Uh, When I was an undergraduate student at Stanford University writing this report with the Winnemumwintu, and, and really trying to provide a piece of anthropology that was, that was rigorous but also useful, I realized that mainstream America would be reading this, and I would need to somehow relay and communicate this world where rocks are sacred, 
where people feel this divine duty to protect salmon and where we are self-designated protectors of the earth, somehow we'd have to translate this to a wider world. And so I knew I'd be beckoning people into a whole new universe where the textures and tissues of Wenham and Wintu life are driven by these very nuanced desires in their hearts. And I knew we'd be cracking open uh, what we thought was normal and our paradigms in order to understand this really interesting world. Lila June, you're going to be with us throughout this documentary series. So before we let you go, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'll introduce myself in my traditional language just to honor my ancestors. So, uh, greetings my kin and my people. Uh, my name is Lila June. So I'm from the Nanisht Ejitkachitni clan of the Dene nation. We are also incorrectly known as Navajo. Uh, and on my father's side, I'm Tsetsestis, or Southern Cheyenne, and also European. And I'm a PhD candidate, a musician, and a community organizer. And I'm very honored to provide some of my commentary on this incredible journey you've been on. Okay, we'll talk to you later, Lila. Chapter 1, A Protest at Shasta Dam. Really? No. I got the letter in the car. The Shasta Dam Visitor Center near Redding, California, is about as busy as one might imagine in the lazy afternoon hours of a hot Wednesday in late summer. That is, not very. A large parking lot with lots of empty spaces the occasional random tourist who wanders into the one-room exhibit. The year is 2019, and on a grassy area outside the center, a crowd of about 40 people has gathered around Kaleen Sisk, spiritual leader and chief of the Winnemumwintu people. This dam destroyed my people's land. The burial grounds, the hunting grounds, the fishing grounds. Everything. Behind Chief Kellyn, we see the top of Shasta Dam, set against a backdrop of dry, rolling hills. Shasta Dam is the country's eighth tallest dam. It helped California expand into the giant agricultural engine it is today. It also left a legacy of harm. When its construction and that of the reservoir behind it flooded the Winnemumwintu and other indigenous people off of their land. None of the people on the river wanted to give up their homes. They didn't want to leave the river. Chief Kellyn is talking about the McLeod River. The McLeod is one of Shasta Dam's main tributaries. And for the Winnemumwintu, it is the heart of their homeland. When the dam was built in the late 1930s and early 40s, they were forced to leave, forever changing where and how they live. We didn't get any land on the McLeod River. We didn't get anything for everything that was taken. We were displaced and homeless, and our people was in the boarding schools and in the, in the service. And when they came home, they had to have a, a different kind of life. Young men like Chief Kaleen's father, Calvin Sisk, returned from World War II to find their homes disappeared. They had to make their way however they could. Also displaced from the McLeod were Chinook salmon, 
For thousands of years, they provided a food source for the area's indigenous people, who regarded salmon as a sacred relative. But when Shasta Dam went up, it blocked the salmon. They could no longer get to the McLeod. The salmon didn't run up the river anymore, and we didn't have any rights to fish on that river anymore. Chief Kalin Sisk wears a skirt, long strands of beads, and a traditional woven basket hat. Her long black hair is braided down her back. She's fairly small in stature, but with the solid build of a former softball player, which she is. Her appearance indicates a person who will stand up for herself and her people. The Winnemawintu are like refugees on their own land. But at this time, we're trying to pull people back together. And it's been a difficult fight for us with no land, without our fish, without our um, ownership of our own sacred places, fighting with the Forest Service all the time to even do our ceremonies. And now it's like the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs has forgotten all about the land that they signed off on, on this river. Here, Chief Kalin is referring to the fact that the federal government had to acquire Indian lands to build Shasta Dam. It was a messy affair and really a story for another day. But here are a few of the highlights. An 1887 law called the Dawes Act allotted land to native people of the area. In other words, land that was already theirs. Later, in the 1930s and 40s, the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation was preparing to build Shasta Dam. Agents had to track down indigenous landowners and their heirs. But they lost patience. So in 1941, Congress rushed through a law, the Central Valley Project Indian Lands Acquisition Act. It would make one bulk payment to the local Indian agency. They were supposed to distribute the funds, but it's not clear whether native landowners actually got their money. Chief Kalin insists the Winnemawintu did not receive any compensation for their land. She's bitter. They were supposed to give us like land to live on. They were supposed to have an infrastructure so that we could start again. None of that happened. And instead, it went to the Forest Service. All of our village sites turned into campgrounds. You wouldn't know any of this from displays at the visitor center. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation is the federal agency that built the dam. It cheerfully spins the dam's history as a successful New Deal project. It never mentions the displacement it caused. We're going to gather up right around here. We, the tribe has a letter to deliver to the Bureau of Reclamation about how absent we are in the information in there. Mm. Yeah. So anybody who don't want to do that, time to duck out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready? The group, which includes Winnemumwintu and supporters, forms a line around the side of the visitor center which is also the Bureau of Reclamation's Northern California area office. We're all walking for salmon. Okay, okay. <laughs> Got a salmon? <laughs> they start to make their way inside with signs and guitars as props, practicing as they go. They have a lot on their minds. 
Today's action is part of the Run for Salmon, a two-week prayer journey to call salmon back to Winnemumwintu territory above Shasta Dam. The idea of a bigger dam pours salt on wounds that have not healed. So this visitor center protest is about both past and future. It's about attempting to speak truth to power. Once inside, the group fills the small space. The atmosphere quickly turns tense. Michael Preston is the son of Chief Kalyan Sis. He approaches a woman seated behind a large desk near the door. Yes. If there's anybody back there that would be willing to come out to speak with us on behalf of the women of tribe. He waits quietly. The woman stares ahead with a blank look on her face. She says neither yes or no. She just flat out ignores him, as if he's not there. A few members of the group begin to video what's happening. Meanwhile, the gift shop salesperson, the only other employee around, takes out his phone. He points it at the group with a slight smile on his face, as if he's enjoying the spectacle. A uniformed security guard enters through a side door. He says he wants to make sure everyone is calm. We're just relaxed. <laughs> Are we relaxed? Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> All right, I just want to make sure. The security guard is a local guy. The Winnemumwintu already know him through personal connections. You can sing a song to get more relaxed. What do you want to sing? <laughs> like a flash mob, but without the moves, they break into song. Respect the people, tell the truth, tell the story of the win among winds you. Respect the people, tell the truth. For more than a decade, the Winnemumwintu have been trying to convey their ideas for how to return salmon to those historical spawning grounds. But they struggle to be heard. The audience right now consists of the security guard, the front desk woman, the gift shop employee, and the cameras. No one with any influence can hear them. But the singing offers a release of tension, the expression of frustration with a system that has all but erased the Winnemum Wintu. When the song ends, Chief Kalin tries to plead her case again. Addressing the woman at the front desk, she brings up the government's proposal to raise the dam higher, which threatens to flood important sacred sites. We're just asking for the Bureau of Reclamation staff because, you know, we're the tribe from this river, and building it higher is going to impact us. The phone rings. The front desk woman, the one who had been ignoring the group, picks up. Bureau of Reclamation, I mean, we help you. The crowd is incredulous. <laughs> the security guard, who left briefly, returns. He tells the group the visitor center employees are a little freaked out. The filming without consent is a, the, the employees are feeling 
Chief Colleen Sisk says she just wants to read a letter. She asks if there are any Bureau of Reclamation staff around. Well, what about the Bureau of Reclamation Would you staff? like me to accept a letter on their behalf today? No, we would want to well, there's see nobody, There's nobody here to do that today. Isn't there anyone you could call, Chief Colleen asks? It is a little odd. Shasta Dam is a major infrastructure project. Its operations impact farmers and municipalities across the state. The BOR's website shows that the agency's Northern California Area Office and Shasta Dam Visitor Center share an address. But the security guard repeats. I, but I can honestly, there's no administrators here to... Uh, uh, to recognize that the Winnemum Wintu have been flooded, that this facility right here, there's no wonder they don't know who we are because there's nothing here that even says anything about Winnemum Wintu being flooded by this dam. Maybe those administrators... I have my own ideas on that too. We can discuss this, but I've got to go. We have some people. I have to, I'll be back in about five minutes. The security guard leaves. One of the men in the group is an Alem Pomo ceremonial singer from Lake County named Gary Thomas. He leans over and whispers to Chief Colleen. Well, maybe they think you're all under the lake still. Maybe they think you're all under the lake still, he says. That you don't exist anymore. That you don't exist anymore. The lake he's talking about is Lake Shasta, created by Shasta Dam in the 1940s. It flooded a huge area, 30,000 acres, including Winnemumwintu villages, sacred sites, and burial grounds. And all we're asking for is the justice to be recognized and to be dealt with in a humanistic manner. Like, like we're real people. Like we really have something that belongs to this river and the river belongs to us. You're listening to A Prayer for Salmon from KLW's The Spiritual Edge. The Spiritual Edge has been telling important stories about religion and spirituality since 2014, but they're almost out of funds. You can help by going to thespiritualedge.org and clicking Donate. And if you donate right now, you can double your donation thanks to a $10,000 match. And thank you. Now, back to A Prayer for Salmon. It's now one minute before closing. There are no Bureau of Reclamation staff around, but Chief Colleen decides they will read the letter out loud anyway. Her son Michael faces the front desk. To whom it may concern, we want the history and present realities of the Winnemumwintu tribe from our point of view to be included in a permanent exhibit in the visitor center on Shasta Dam to accurately represent the suffering we have endured for the state of California's water supply. It is only right that our sacrifice and contribution to California be acknowledged. The letter also brings up the loss of Chinook salmon. The installation of Shasta Dam and its operations since 1945 has had devastating effects on the Chinook and other fish, as well as all the wildlife, beavers, bears, mountain lions, etc. There needs to be made public 
a list of all the species that have been negatively affected by the dam. Such a list should include the reduction of the number of Winnemum Wintu population. Oh. Oh. Thank you. Michael lowers the letter. The front desk employee says nothing. The group begins to file out. She gets up and holds open the door. Once outside, the group forms a loose circle on the grass. Everyone is upset by the treatment we witnessed inside the visitor center. For the Winamamwintu, this kind of snubbing is not new. They can tick off a long list of indignities suffered through the years. Still, Chief Colleen is visibly shaken. You know, it's good that you got to see this. Because this is not the first time. And it's not going to be the last time for us. You can tell by the, the whole visitor center never mentions any of the Indian people. I mean, these are my people. This is my mom and dad who lived on this river. She then turns to her fears about the proposed Shasta Dam and Reservoir Enlargement Project. We need to know what the plans are. Is there a place where we have input? And so far, it hasn't been that way. So far, the Bureau of Reclamation has proposed no mitigations, though its own studies say sacred sites will be harmed. But yet, you know, it's still, it's still moving ahead. So... I'm glad that you guys all came out and uh, uh, thankful you guys singing the songs. It sounded really good. (laughs) The acoustics in there was really nice. (laughs) As Chief Kellyan speaks, a different security guard approaches the group. She announces the group must leave the premises entirely. They said that we don't have a permit and so we have to get off. They want us out of here now. They say we don't have a permit. New security people are here. Oh, why? We have to have a permit together in the visitor center place. A group member speaks up, saying they have the right to gather under the 1978 American Indian Religious Freedom Act. Because the women went to have a right to pray, and that's what we're doing right now. We're just gathering in prayer. The security guard says when they went inside, the group became a liability. So I'm going to ask nicely now for you to leave the premises. She says if they don't leave, she'll have to call the police. I have nothing against anything you're doing here. Flustered, Chief Kellyn speaks to the group. I don't, I don't quite know what to say about this, you know. Is there, we're being threatened that they're going to call the police because we want to talk and debrief and pray about this. But, um, you know, this is not where I thought we would get arrested. <laughs> On the public facility. Uh, that sits on my land. The land that they stole. This is all Wintu land, Winnemum land. So um, I think we'll sing a, a, a closing song and. Chief Kalyan says this song is calling the old time salmon, the Lindata Nur. Back to Bullion Puyuk, the mountain the rest of the world knows as Mount Shasta. It's uh, calling for them. That's where that prayer came from. <laughs> calling them home. And so while the treatment hurts my heart, I don't expect anything more. 
from people who have no heart about what this empire stands for. But we're going to continue on. It's like, Betty Yalokin, you know, Betty Yalomina. She calls out two words. They mean never give up. Betty Yalomina. Betty Yalomina. Betty Yalomina. Betty Yalomina. We're never going to give up. All of this took place on September 25th, 2019. I wanted to revisit what happened that day. I didn't get much from a Bureau of Reclamation spokesperson, so I requested incident reports through the Freedom of Information Act. The reports noted the group lacked a permit. They also indicated that employees were uncomfortable. Security guards called law enforcement, but the group left the premises voluntarily before they arrived. Who cares about Shasta Dam so much? Chief Kelly's son, Michael. To act like that towards a, an indigenous group that has a... I mean, any, any indigenous group around the country, you, if, they're, if they're doing something politically, chances are they're probably just in what they're doing, especially if it's in regards to the land. Who's going to try to make more, like, make money off of it versus who's going to try to protect it? Having gone with the Winnemumwintu to the dam, being a witness to this confrontation with the Bureau of Reclamation, I was really struck by the fact that they say they'll never give up. Here's this small community. They don't have a big PR operation, and yet they're not going to back down from the idea of justice. Lila June, how do you see it? Well, I don't think their cause is entirely lost. Uh, I think they actually do have a chance. I think they might have a greater chance than ever before because the world is finally ready to listen to indigenous peoples. We can no longer deny that our systems, our Western Eurocentric systems are failing. The political systems, the social system, the ecological systems are unraveling before our eyes. And so we're like, hmm, maybe, maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe we should take a look at other worldviews. So I don't think it's completely lost. But here's the thing. Even if it was a lost cause and the Winnemuntu knew they weren't going to win, do you think they would not put up a fight? No, because even if you're going to lose and you know you're going to lose, you have to go down swinging. You have to be able to tell your descendants, I tried. I at least gave it a fighting chance. And through that, uh, showing up for a battle, that no matter what, you're going to be there and you're going to give it your all, that is a victory in and of itself. And so I think that they could sit down on a couch. They could just assimilate into American culture. They've decided that the water is worth fighting for. The salmon are worth fighting for. The, the whole future of California, frankly, is worth fighting for. Betty Alamina. Betty Alamina. Betty Alamina. Betty Alamina. We're never going to give up. In the next chapter of A Prayer for Salmon, with the Shasta Dam and Reservoir Enlargement Project hanging over their heads, the Winnemumwintu visit sacred sites that are at risk to prepare for the battle ahead. And the dance ground, what happens to the dance ground? It'd be underwater. The women's healing uh, pool on the little stream, that'll be underwater. Coyote Rock will be underwater. That's on the next episode of A Prayer for Salmon.
A Prayer for Salmon is a project of the Spiritual Edge at KALW Public Radio. Support for the series comes from the Templeton Religion Trust, California Humanities, the Calapia Foundation, Save Our Spirits, and the Water Desk, an independent journalism initiative of the University of Colorado Boulder. And we want to get started on a new season, but we need your help. Since the Spiritual Edge launched in 2014, we've relied primarily on grant funding from our partners. We've brought you stories from people all over the country and the world who lean on their faith to make meaningful change, including my contribution to the podcast, the series Becoming Muslim. Now, to keep the project going, we also need support from our listeners. Make a donation to The Spiritual Edge at spiritualedge.org, and right now you can double your donation thanks to a $10,000 match. Thank you. Our sisters and our brothers We are camping out for each other We are stronger when we band together And we're standing up for the water Don't poison the future Special thanks to the Spiritual Edge team, including Loretta Williams, Jeb Sharp, Tariq Foda, Chris Egusa, Tom Levy, Lindsay Myers Humley, Adriana Rodriguez, Deborah Kroll, Katie McCutcheon, and Dania Abdelhamid. Thanks also to Ben Trefney, John Carroll, and Shirin Adil at KELW for their ongoing support. Don't poison the future. Today's Cross Currents team includes Alia Taqiyad-Din, Daniela Rodriguez, James Rollins, Ghanadi Joe Johnson, Victor Tense, Shireen Adil, Lisa Morehouse, Marissa Ortega-Welch, Sunni Khalid, and Ben Trefni. Our opening theme music is by the John Santos Quintet, as interpreted by Daoud Anthony. For Cross Currents, I'm Hannah Baba. Then what message have you left for your children and their home? Our sisters and our brothers We are camping out for each other We are stronger when we band together And we're standing up for